This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. That's right. We're doing top synthesized musics of the 80s. No, we're doing Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, we should do that. We should do Beverly Hills Cop right now. All right. Ah. This movie came out in 1984, directed by Martin Brest. Really? Wait, 84? Yeah. yeah. Damn, I didn't know it was that old. Yeah. I, I thought it was like 88, 89. No. Damn. A screenplay by Daniel Petri Jr., story by Danilo Bach, blah, blah, blah. Uh, starring Eddie Murphy, Judge Reinhold, John Ashton, Lisa Elbacher, Ronnie Simpsons. Cox, and yeah. Jonathan Banks. And Paul Reiser. <laughs> this is not my locker. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this was Alex's sele- selection. What's your history with it, Alex? I believe I saw this after Beverly Hills Cop 2. <gasps> and it was a rental for me, of course. Uh, I can't remember exactly what age I I was when I saw it, but I loved it. And it's it's one of those few movies that I don't think it exceed the Beverly Hills Cop is not as good as the first one, but it's it's up there. They're so cl- they're like neck and neck for me. I love both those movies, and it's kind of rare when uh, you see you know a movie and then a subsequent sequel, and you like them both you know equally or one above the other. Uh, but yeah, I've loved that this movie ever since, and I like see you know sometimes I, I prefer seeing a movie backwards, even though I don't intend to. Watching the sequel first and then the first one. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only reason you think they're equivalent is because you saw the second one first. Because I think the first one's a way better movie. But uh, they're Maybe. both better than the third one. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I guess I'll go next. Um, this I saw this uh, on video at home. Uh, this is one of the. One of the times when I was mis- one of the biggest things I was mischievous about when I was a kid, my dad had a copy of this. I was not allowed to watch it. And when I would have school uh, sick days from school, I would go sneak and I'd watch this movie. That's what that was. <laughs> Hopefully dad's not listening to this. But yeah, I uh, this was one of the few times where my dad didn't have many movies like this or I'm sure he had other ones. I had no idea where they were, but this was like in the main cabinet with all the but we were, I was not allowed to watch this. It was like this and he had some like stand-up comedy specials and it was for the language the main reason yeah. you want me watching do you think it, i'm but... an astica <laughs> yeah probably not too much about that scene it was more the language i think but um did, did yeah did you jeff did you always make sure that you rewound it to the same spot you found it <laughs> i don't know if i was that smart um <laughs> but also i think my dad was a pretty big like you know you rewind the movie before you put it back so it was probably just rewind it um yeah, I don't really, to be honest, I don't remember that. So uh, maybe my dad knew after the very first time that I was doing it. He's like, whatever, the boy thinks he's getting away with something. Let him do it. I don't know. 
Um, and so I don't know if it was because I was getting away with something, but I, I loved this movie ever since the first time I saw it. And I, I always loved Eddie Murphy, too, as a kid, even though I didn't watch his stand up until quite a few years later. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my history with it. Scott. I do not remember the first time I saw this. Uh, vague memories of seeing it on cable. Um, I, I think I did watch it on DVD. There was I kind of a lost summer like that, that basically that first year when when DVDs came out and uh, the local video store, you could rent one for a dollar, basically. And there was just like one rack. It was even a whole shelf. It was just like a, a like a rack like you might have at home for your DVDs. And I would just go and pick one out every day. And I think that was the the first time I ever actually sat down to watch it as an adult. Oh, nice. Hmm. And then see bits yeah. like just on in the background since then. Yeah, I, this is one of my, the DVDs that I had purchased later on in life. Because like I said, I, I, I love this movie. The other thing I want to say I remember about this is 84 makes sense because this is when Ghostbusters came out too. And I remember that being a big deal. Like one night, I think the first night we got them, well, this is nothing. We went to the movie store and the movie store, their video rental place. And this is like even before, 84, this is before the big, so this is like you're going to a family mom and pop one and we got. Yeah, like video giant or something like that. Yeah, it was like we got Ghostbusters for the kids and then Beverly Hills Cop for my dad. And then I think we we loved Ghostbusters. He loved Beverly Hills Cop. So he <laughs> hooked up two VCRs and we made, we made recordings of them. And that's how we <laughs> obtained copies. Oh, you hear that, FBI? Yeah. 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 I did not have express <laughs> written consent. VH1. VH1. Yeah, applied consent. <laughs> one, one thing I do, I do want to say, I've brought this up a couple times in the podcast. Uh, my my pretty conservative grandparents um, I'm, on my mom's side uh, loved Eddie Murphy for some reason. Like, yeah. I, well, I say for some reason, like, yeah, yeah like a lot, he had a lot of great movies. So that, it makes sense. But like... Of all the things, they just kind of look past all the other things. <laughs> they just really liked Eddie Murphy. Like, I, I don't understand it. Like, the think of, like, the waspiest people that you know. And, <laughs> like, they love Eddie Murphy, though. Like, go visit him for the summer. Um, or They go visit weeks. Eddie Murphy for the summer? Yes. Go, I go visit them oh, like, awesome. a couple weeks in the summer. And, like, inevitably we be watching, like, Coming to America. Um Probably like a, a made-for-TV version of Trading Places. Um, but uh, Boomerang. Uh, well, I don't know if they like Boomerang. Probably not so much Boomerang. But, um, I don't think anybody liked Boomerang. I think, I think their favorite one was... Um, uh, what's, the, what's the one where he conned... Harlem Nights. No. Oh. Although that... It may be that one. But no, uh, the one where he he's the Washington con man... Um, oh, distinguished gentleman. Yes, thank you, Jeff. Uh, yeah, distinguished <laughs> gentleman might have been their favorite one. Uh, but, uh, anyways, it's just not, it's just not Vampire in Brooklyn. Not not Vampire in Brooklyn. Uh, but again, I just think I think it's funny that that they, they of all the things is it was like Eddie Murphy movies and like sixty sex comedies with with Doris Day. That was like the only two things <laughs> like that they had recorded. <laughs> that 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 and uh, the gods must be crazy. <laughs> which, which, I don't, which I really don't want to talk about. Uh, that movie. Nice. Yeesh. Well, before we get into our list, there's one bit of trivia that I wanted to get out of the way. And I knew this before, but I kind of looked it up for the show, is that this script was uh, was originally written. It was kind of out there. You know, these scripts float around in Hollywood and don't really have anything in mind. And then uh, 
who is it? Tony Scott or one of the, one of the, one of the who's the, the guy the Pirates movies? Yeah, Bruckheimer got mm-hmm. it, and they wanted to make it, keep it kind of cheap, make it funny, and they they wanted Eddie Murphy, but they found out at the exact same time. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's people got a hold of it, and all of us, it was supposed to be a Stallone was supposed to be uh, Axel Foley. He, you know, this is 84. <laughs> he's still red hot with Rocky and Rambo, probably like the biggest movie star in Hollywood. So, of course, they're going that direction. Uh, he wanted to rewrite it and make it more uh, gritty and dirty, and they're like, okay, Sylvester Stallone, you're going to do that. And he rewrote the character's name instead of being Axel Foley to Axel Cobretti. <laughs> oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, and then but then the budget skyrocketed. Paramount really didn't want to do that and everything. So eventually it fell apart. They ended up getting Eddie Murphy and then Salone went on and made a, a movie called Cobra and uh hey, box office smash Cobra. Yeah. I, I, well, I feel this like, movie made a lot of money, Cobra did not. Yeah. I, I feel like the the budget of this movie was was allocated for just like a few big scenes. Like the the big Car chase in the beginning, uh, the mm-hmm. the the shootout at the end, um, and then the rest of it was just a couple of sets. <laughs> yeah, and then they also because it was it's kind of ready to be a comedy. Stallone took the comedy out, and then when it dropped back, they they rewrote a little bit, but then they just kind of let Eddie Murphy riff a lot during the movie, and I think that's why you get it's what it is it, it's it's not a pure comedy it's not a pure action it kind of falls in between i think that's why i do like it so much and i'll talk about that as one of my items but it just makes yeah, sense mm-hmm. the history of this movie right i did i did I, I was reading up the imdb trivia which which touches a little bit about what you're talking about jeff mm-hmm. um one thing I, I think it's kind of fucked up was like yeah like stone was supposed to be in it originally and the guy that's killed was supposed to be his brother and the Jenny Summers was supposed to be the love interest. So they, they they kept like half of that, you know, the same characters. But it's just his friend and then she's his friend. Like, for some reason, they would have been like they didn't want her to be a love interest. Hmm. Wonder why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think it's many reasons, but <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I mean, it really doesn't make sense in this movie to have a love interest, but yeah, yeah. I don't want to be naive either. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it was about it was about conserving the union, and that's it. <laughs> so, all right, let's get into this. Uh, as, as, as usual, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie. Uh, and Alex, why don't you go first? Which number seven? Sure, my number seven is. I really like the contrasting montages of Detroit and Beverly Hills, especially that they start out in Detroit because you've, you know, Beverly Hills cop and you see all the trailers and the signs and everything. You go to a movie and it's like, what the hell is this? It's all about Detroit and everything. And uh, I thought it was really cool. Uh, Now they didn't play the montages back to back, of course, but it's still a really good way to set up like where Axel's front and, and how just drastically different he is to everybody in Beverly Hills. It's a it's a really good setup for his character and how people react to him. So I, I like I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that a lot too. And there's another trivia. Like some of those montage shots are like kind of guerrilla filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And they were afraid to get uh she had to get permission, right? Uh to show it in the movies. And some of those areas they were in were so bad 
people wouldn't like the direct only the director would no one else would go like we can't go in this this is bad news out here and like one brave guy had to go and like i guess specifically the scene where the little boys are out there and the kids drinking milk like that oh yeah you don't want to be there like that <laughs> yeah it was like that was it from um was the denzel washington the place in la in denzel washington uh training day like some of those i don't know I mean, the, the way they were talking about it in the commentary when i watched it was like it was bad news area and like the scouting people wouldn't go and do it it was like the only way you're getting this is like you want it you go out there and do it and i guess tony scout or or martin breast whatever went out and did it and they said yeah. they were fine it was like it was all scary i went over there and they're like yeah sure we'll get to be in an eddie murphy movie fine and they signed the papers but it was, it was weird. <laughs> this, is, this is 1984 by the way <laughs> yeah detroit's only gotten better <laughs> yeah yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> the auto industry is uh, improved. It's booming. Yeah. Oh, God. Wah. It's just, it's just like all those GM commercials in the Star yeah. special. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I heard half of Detroit's owned by China now. Anyway, so. Oh. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, Anywho. The, the, I, I do love those. <laughs> the. Uh, yeah, I, the, I agree. The, I have that the montage on my list actually. Yeah. All right. Um, well, then I'll go next. Uh, my number seven is um, <laughs> uh, when he's when Eddie Murphy does his white guy voice with the uh, <laughs> like the, the second team or whatever. Yeah. We're that the first great. team, and we're not going to fall for no banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> You've been hanging around this guy too long. It's got to come out more natural. Hey man, we ain't going to fall for no. Banana. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I still think we say this today when one of us is white as well, at least two of us are. We'll mm-hmm. say something so white and we'll call each other out on it and just say, you're not going to fall for no banana on the tailpipe. <laughs> yep. It's so good. So that's my number seven. Scott. Uh, number seven is um, it's something I, never, I didn't really think about before. But the other times that I, I watched it or watched bits bits and pieces of it was the the kind of undercurrent of, of racism going on here. It's um, mm. mostly <laughs> that, I, that I thought was interesting was that he uses it to his advantage. Like, <laughs> yeah, like people are 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 worried about being called out for being racist because they are. <laughs> so so he's able to run these scams to, to, to get some stuff done, like the hotel, um, the uh, yeah. uh, when, he, when he goes into the the, the, the customs warehouse. Um, that is, I thought it was, an, it was kind of a meta thing. Um, and, and going back to what you were talking about, Alex, the juxtaposition of Detroit and uh, Beverly Hills, where the Detroit police station, like at least the way that they filmed it, with like half half the cops there were were black, but you get out to Beverly Hills, and like with the exception of the the banana tailpipe guy, uh, they're, they're all lily white. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just just interesting, uh, you know. You yeah, know, the story's not about that, but it, it is kind of subtly there. The the two cops that arrest him at the beginning for the going through the window are like two blonde, yeah, like models. Yes, right. and, and yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's also a Beverly Hills thing they're putting on here. Like, they're that's part of it, but there's also the racism thing too. I get it, but it's, mm-hmm. it was it was pretty funny, you know, in a weird way. That part for me was just like, look at these models coming to arrest you in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I love it how they take. Uh, he's armed. The cop takes his gun, and then the other cop then pulls out his gun to point at Axel once he's unarmed. It's like, oh man, that raised an eyebrow for me. I was like, Sheebus H, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. No, it is. And and too, just the so, way he holds it in the air to the other cop pulls it out. It's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a comedy. So. <laughs> so if go ahead, uh, Mister. So I will say if 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 it's if this movie's subtly earning points for, um, for its, its kind of take on racism, it, it's losing those points with the some of the the homosexuality jokes. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all I'll say about that. But uh, this again, yeah, eighties. Like I'd be surprised if a movie didn't have something like that in it. Yeah. All right. Well, Alex, number six. My number six, and I forgot, I completely forgot about this. The chase at the beginning with the semi holding, like hauling the double trailers was awesome. So many car wrecks. Like, I was not expecting that, like, right off the bat. That was really freaking cool. Like, shit was getting trashed left and right. Axel was, was in the back just getting tossed around. It's like, poor stuntman. <laughs> I hope he was tied down to something because he looked like he was being tossed around like a rag doll. I think they destroyed so many cars. Yeah. I guess it's, it's Detroit. They're everywhere, I guess. It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, you can get rid of it. <laughs> and, and, and the song to go with it, too. Yes, of course. Yeah, the Neutron Dance. Ah, so cool. I'm so happy doing the Neutron Dance. Forget about it. <laughs> uh... All right, well, uh, Scott, or it was me or Scott? Me. Yes. It's me. Um, Jeff. I'm going to say, you know, our stupid chief trope. But in this case, although there still is a stupid, there there still is a stupid chief, but the Detroit chief is not stupid. He's actually, he's he's a hard ass, but whatever, everything he's saying is 100% true. And then on the other side, Bogomil, who I'm going to call the stupid chief, same thing there. He kind of starts off as stupid chief, but he actually is a good cop, but he, you know, he's a good boss. Later on, you still have to have the, <laughs> is this the man who wrecked the buffet? The guy shows up later. That guy yeah. literally is a chief, so. <laughs> is I he thought the, they both were. He's actually, well, no, it was like Bogomil is just a lieutenant, and then the other guy is like the yeah. inspector. They're both bosses, but the, the other guy is literally the chief. Yes, exactly. Um, but I think the guy in Detroit is literally an actual cop. Yeah, I thought he was too. Yeah, I think the guy in, in here, but he, he's awesome. That Axel Foley in here! He's just ripping him, but everything he <laughs> says is like true. And then I think Bogomil, for the most part, is the same way too. So we had our stupid chiefs, but they weren't stupid. Then there was the overarching actual stupid yeah. chief. <laughs> the real twist. Yes. It's like, oh, this is the real stupid chief. <laughs> a double chief. cross. <laughs> so stupid chiefs. <laughs> Uh, is my number six. Scott. Yeah, hey, Inspector, I th- you still got a little bit of ass. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck with me, Foley. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, number six, um, I couldn't help but think that this, this movie was, uh, the, I, I, I guess Precursor might be putting it a little too strongly, but I kept thinking of Die Hard as I watched this. Like, this movie was laying out the template for that. Little bit, um, yeah. You had, uh, you know, non-traditional um, kind of action hero here in Eddie Murphy, um, who's just cracking wise the entire time. He's the savvy cop from the from the place where like real police work gets done when he goes to Los Angeles. 
Um, the the main villain is is basically a an aristocratic euro um, pulling uh, like it's, it's still like robbery and stuff, but uh, with a more of a white crawl, white collar uh, kind of uh, mm-hmm. yeah, swapping art for drugs, cocaine, yeah. um, sentiment cocaine. to it. Um, yeah, it just it felt it was just weird, and it, and it was you know I, I don't I don't think Die Hard was a Bruckheimer thing, was it? Uh, no, no, McTiernan, McTiernan, yeah. Well, Bruckheimer's not a director, though. I know, but I don't think they've ever worked together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at, at any rate, though, like this felt like it, it felt like that, like in 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 a good way. Um, you know, laying the groundwork. I I, I forget which came first, this or Forty Eight Hours. Forty Eight um, Hours came first. Yeah, so um, you know, kind of setting up these, uh, you know, I, I, especially with you know Eddie Murphy. Um, not not your typical action hero, um, and it was good to break away from bullshit like Cobra and <laughs> as as magical as that movie is. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think you're doing, Pinche? Ah, yeah. uh, no, <laughs> is that how you cuss in Spanish? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think they. I mean, obviously, people flock to the box or to the movie theaters for this, so they they were definitely onto something here. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And the, the only thing is, I think what's die. So this one's more funny. Die Hard's more action, and then uh, oh yeah, I, I totally agree. This is definitely positioned yeah. as more of a comedy. Yeah, but but there's still enough action. I think this is. I love the the mix here. But you, you compare the villains; they're kind of the same, except the the villain in the other and Die Hard is just a way better villain. Oh Victor yeah, Maynard's no, no, putts. yeah, no. Like I was thinking yeah. about that too. This is like not even a a. A poor man's Alan Rickman. <laughs> you know. I mean, he's fine in this. The the guy, um, yeah. the actor, who is Stephen Burkhoff. He's fine. But yeah. It's a Burkhoff. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's no Rickman. Yeah. And I don't know, for people who watch uh, Breaking Bad, it's good to see a, a young Mike, or, or I forgot his actor's name now, but. Jonathan uh, Banks. Jonathan Banks, yeah. He had a good run. So I, I yet to watch Breaking Bad, but he had a good run on Community. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. He might have been in the like the lost season. I don't know if he was around when Dan Harmon was, but he was good when he was on it. Nice. All right, uh, Alex, number five. My number five is the whole saga of the banana and the tailpipe. <laughs> Not only because. Uh, I, that's the thing that I remember most from this movie, really. Beverly Hills Cop, Banana and Tailpipe. Not only does he do it, and it's a great prank, but they keep coming back to it. It's fantastic. At the uh, at Victor Maitland's place, you're not going to lose this with no banana, no tailpipe. And then later, the real stupid chief comes up. <laughs> Is he the one that disabled <laughs> an unmarked vehicle with a banana? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, I love that they keep coming back to it. And I'm, even pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that that this is like a, this movie shares the same universe as Karate Kid, and and that guy is the grandfather of <laughs> Ali Ali uh, Ali's character in the movie. <laughs> that boy from Reseda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, is that the boy from Reseda? 
<laughs> and you get to see a young, a very young Damon Wayans. He still had hair. Yes. Back then. Like, yeah, it was, it was a weird cameo for him. No, I don't think it was a cameo. It was just a, uh, a well, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It was a small bit part. Yeah, that was his first theatrical uh, scene, I guess. Yeah, yeah that was was, it was funny because he, he was like, he did some action movies at one point. All right. Yeah, last Boy Scout. It's on my list. Yeah. yeah the head detective. <laughs> Blank man. <laughs> oh, Jeebus H. Um. Yeah, and I, I, it's either Beverly Hills Cop 2 or 3 where Chris Rock has, like, the same little scene in the, in Beverly, in the movie where he's, like, the valet parker at one of the parties and Axel shows up with a big semi-truck or something. Yeah. I think like, you're thinking of like, Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah, no, it is, it is crazy that how, how Chris Rock's been around forever. He was in I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. <laughs> I remember he was in vamp- he was in Vampire in Brooklyn. There it is. All right. Well, my, my number five, which has kind of already been mentioned in passing, but is when Axel checks into the Beverly Palms Hotel. Just the whole thing. <laughs> Him pulling up in his crappy car and the guy asking to take his bag. And is this expensive? Not for Beverly Hills. All right. A, it's expensive and it's $240 a night, which is <laughs> yeah. not expensive anymore at all. Jeebus. Inflation. Yeah, I know. That's the discount rate. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the whole thing where he just, this is the very first time you see him put on his, his wit, his charm, his humor, like everything where he just turns into these characters. It's the first time you get to see it and his whole thing with Rolling Stone and using, like you said, the the racism against them and Taiwan was going to do an interview with Michael Jackson and blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, I thought it was hilarious. And then when they finally read the price and he's like, that'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was the funniest part was at the end when he like stops and thinks about it. <laughs> yeah, he does this whole big spiel. He's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I always I always I watched the movie and I watched it as a kid. What would have happened if the police if the, if the Beverly Hills PD didn't pay for it? What was his what was his game plan here? It was like yeah, he would have conned him out of it somehow anyway. Yeah, yeah. he just would have left. I mean, all he left was his name. He didn't leave a credit card or anything. That's true. See, in that scene. I get the sense a little bit from from his character that he was just trying this to be an ass or, or to see if he could get away with it. And he, I could see just maybe it was just me, but I thought I saw a little bit of surprise when he actually saw that it was working because he came from Detroit. But I don't think his shit flies so much in Detroit or maybe it's like a, a, a different vibe to it. So maybe uh, I, I saw just a little bit of a reaction from him. That seemed to me like it's like, oh, shit, it's, you know, this this is working compared to where I'm used to trying this this stuff. I think you're looking a little too hard there, but maybe. maybe yes. Yeah. Mm, I like that scene also because of that. All right. Mm. It could be there. Scott, what's number five? OK. Number five is uh, the. The line that, that made me laugh the most is. Uh, so. Watching this movie again, it wasn't as funny for me. It's 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 still a pretty funny movie, uh, but th- there weren't there wasn't a whole lot that was getting me to laugh out loud. But uh, there was early on um, a line that that Eddie Murphy nails, um, and, it, and it kind of goes uh, dovetails out of what we we're just talking about the the end of his his scam at the hotel, where after the the chief 
Well, it's well, it's right at the beginning, I guess, not at the end. At the beginning when the chief is is reaming him, um, and he says, "Can I tell my side of the story?" And the chief stops to look at him. He's like, "Well," and then he just like kind of under his breath says, "What's your side of the story?" <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That that was such a uh, fucking hilarious delivery. Uh, this doesn't concern you, Paul Reiser. Yeah. Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> this is not my locker. This is yeah, not I, my locker. I guess like like a lot. Yeah, a lot of the the comedy from many reviews is very like boisterous and, he, and he's um, kind of animated. So so when he like dials it back like that for for some of these lines, it, it really lands. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that. What's your side of the story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he had, he had another like small subtle line is when he he wants to drive uh what's her fate Jenny's car. <laughs> just let me drive. He's like, You've ever driven Mercedes? No, what's the difference? I'm driving, I've seen your car. And as he's walking around the car, ooh, that's cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that's cool. All right. Uh Alex, number four. My number four is the soundtrack. As the kids would say today, it absolutely slaps. It's so fucking good. This is, this, this is a WAP. <laughs> this is a WAP soundtrack. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, with uh, the Neutron Dance, which I completely forgot about. It's fantastic. The, the, uh, the theme song for this whole movie with the synth. Awesome. Iconic. You can't listen to that song and not think Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Yeah, what was the, I'm forgetting the first song. Heat is all. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I mean, if 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 fucking Kenny Loggins. Sexy sack. Ow. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna request Sex Squatch play the Heat is on next time I'm on Facebook. All right. I I almost wish that the that that song had been at the end and they all started dancing. Yeah. Like in the riverbank afterwards, kind of like um, uh, oh, what's uh, the Buckaroo Bonsai? Yes, Buckaroo Bonsai. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. It's also on my list. Let's watch it. it, would, it would Love great. that movie. Betty Murphy turned and said, "We're all going to get laid." And then everybody started dancing to the heat of song. Hey, everybody, let's party! All right, uh, my number four is the strip club scene. Not so mm-hmm. much. I mean, it was when they bust the guy. That's kind of cool. But just more when Eddie Murphy's sitting there and just how stiff the two cops are. And just Eddie Murphy just being all relaxed. <laughs> or does he call him Rosewood or does he call him uh, Billy? Billy? Billy, it's like, hey, your dick get hard. Yeah. That's, what's, that's what's supposed to happen. <laughs> Boss over here's dick can't get hard. Boss, dick's got to stay limp. <laughs> oh, just the whole thing in Rosewood just looking around looking around and then when he confronts then it just turns serious he sees the guys are casing the joint and then just Bill Murray once again not Bill Murray Eddie Murphy turns into his is that you Philip they said it was you but I knew it was you and just ah, so <laughs> hey good. man you've changed yeah you changed <laughs> so good that was awesome yeah, yeah. speaking of Reinhold um because I, I, I just an honorable mention. Um, but, uh, they talk about him being so stiff there. Um, I thought that was really funny when the literally when the yeah <laughs> hey, <laughs> when when the the real stupid chief 
is is at the, the police station for the first time, um, and he calls uh, calls him Rosebud, Rose, yeah, Rosegood or something like that. And then you can see like on his face, like he wants to correct him so bad. And then like a few seconds later, he actually does it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a really funny bit. By the way, mm-hmm. so I was watching this with Laura today and having her look, look him up. I'm like, you know, it's a, she's like, who's in it? I'm like, uh, Eddie Murphy, um, Mike from Breaking Bad, Judge Reinhold. She's like, I don't know who that is. And I told like the guy from, she just didn't know who it was. And then he, show, he shows up. She's like, oh, he's so young here. I'm like, who, Judge Reinhold? She's like, I don't know that guy. I'm like, yeah. She's like, who is he? And I'm like, Judge. She did not get that. That that was his actual name. His name was Judge <laughs> Reinhold. Like, not his character's name, his real name. I'm like, no, that's his name, Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold and Axel Foley. <laughs> yeah. You want the truth? Can't handle the my truth. Name, Show me the name money. Is Judge. <laughs> He's the close talker from Seinfeld. Yeah. Big American party. <laughs> uh, Mallrats, the cartoon. We hardly knew you. This is a Clerks. Clerks, the cartoon. We hardly knew <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, we really hardly knew Mallrats, the cartoon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that was my number four. So I think we're on to Scott's number four. Mm-hmm. Number four, Alex pretty much hit on this, but the, the Detroit versus Beverly Hills stuff. We did a really good job in the beginning setting up um, that... Uh, it might have been better if if it had cut sooner to the Beverly Hills part, but yeah, as soon as he he's like pulling up, you can see like okay, this is completely different, <laughs> like mm-hmm. in just about every way from from where he's coming from. Um, it it is. It, I, I think it was uh, pretty funny that they um, had him take his car down there instead of flying or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he drove. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess for like plot purposes, it made more sense anyway, but. Uh, yeah, just him driving his piece of shit car around everywhere in Beverly Hills. Uh, it, was, it was good. He never ever get the pussy. Hey, <laughs> shoulda. You guys know Ronnie Cox is still alive? No, I thought he, Jeebus, I really? thought he was dead. Holy <laughs> 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 shit. He's born in 38. Anyway, Alex, number three. My number three, I couldn't pick just one, but the supporting cast in this is phenomenal. Uh, Honorable mention for me. Yeah, Eddie Murphy is such a force, especially when he's riffing and he's larger than life in pretty much anything that he does. So to have not only a supporting cast that's really good and stands out, but they they also have the like their little moments to shine in the movie. Uh, Eddie Murphy doesn't really like overshadow anybody. Uh, it was it was fantastic. Even uh, uh, Selge has <laughs> this little moment. He's Selge. very memorable. Selge, Achmel, Aquel. Don't be stupid. He's <laughs> Axel, uh, uh, Foley. <laughs> just freaking great. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And yeah, uh, Inspector Todd. Also, all the chiefs. Yeah, Taggart, a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot of good straight men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to really good to play off of uh, Eddie Murphy and, and his shenanigans. It's perfectly cast this movie. Yeah, and like we said, like the even the villains between um, uh, the well, the main goon, like we said, Mike from Breaking Bad, and then Victor Bailey. Well, yeah, he's not Alan Rickman. He's still a pretty good bad guy in this. Yeah, yeah, like I said, yeah. he was fine. Yeah, he was. There wasn't a weak link, as it were. Yeah, it, it is mm-hmm. funny seeing Ronnie Cox be the good guy, though. It is. It's so hard. I was thinking about that. Like, is there any other movie where he's Good guy besides this and Beverly Hills Cop 2? Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. 
I mean, um, Robocop, he was. Total, total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah. Stop the reactor. <laughs> like, hey, you need your cornflakes. You're skin and bones over here. <laughs> cornflakes line. <laughs> That might be the weirdest line in the entire movie, by the way. <laughs> like almost any movie. <laughs> I'll be home in time for cornflakes. <laughs> Who well, goes home to eat cornflakes? Well, especially why the is there a time limit on it, too? Yeah, yeah. Whenever you get home, cornflakes will be there waiting for you. <laughs> the milk well, might was, not be. I think, the I, think, I, think what, I think he was like intimating that that in the far flung future that they lived, like somehow cornflakes were like a rare commodity. Oh. Because he was so rich and powerful, he could he could go home and eat cornflakes. But like you said, only in like a certain window. <laughs> they were that rare. Like they had to be prepared just so. Now that I think about it, maybe it's that his spaceship from Mars to Earth is so fast that it'll get there by tomorrow morning. Ah. Just thought of that right now. Do they in, in I think we're going way off topic. Here. I, I opened my mind, so to speak. Do they in <laughs> total recall, do they ever talk about the actual like what it takes to travel? Because he nope. pretty much is just like get your ass to Johnny Mars, Cab. And then he's and he's then he's at Mars. <laughs> Johnny Cab. Like they don't they really talk Johnny about Cab. Like, Come on. And Benny. They don't they don't do they ever mm-hmm. talk about like how long it takes to get there or like how um, like nope. what that process is like? I think that's part of the uh, the the red herring, or not the red herring, but the, the part of the mystique, or the mystery, whether it's real or not. Yeah, yeah he just shows up there. That they never yeah, explains yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. It may be like on in a background, like in a one of those commercials or something, but I don't remember yeah. it. <laughs> Sleazy, demure, athletic. <laughs> <laughs> I want them all. Housekeepers. Okay, we are on, I don't know, Alex number three. We did that yet? Yeah, that was a supporting cast. Okay. Uh, My number three, which I think you already brought up, is the music, Uh, especially just the 80s synth, which usually drives me insane. But in this movie, I love it. Maybe it's because I grew up with it. Yeah. Um, But then all the other songs you mentioned, like The Heat is On and. Just, yeah, it's just <laughs> well, you just said that every single time he would show up, do, 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 do. It's so good. So that's my number three, Scott. Uh, number three was is uh, just kind of um, taking the, the fish out of water trope and, and flipping it around where he's he's clearly a fish out of water in Beverly Hills. But because he's so savvy, like street savvy, he has no problem making it all work for him. Um, and I think that's one of the, the, the big draws to the movie. Yeah. Um, it's not like because rather than him not understanding everything, he instead just sees everything as being ridiculous. Um, and, and that's how he treats everything. Uh, and that that's really, I think, what makes the, the character and the overall plot work or the idea or the, the idea of the movie any, anyways work. Um, so yeah, yeah. I just, I, I liked that it was a different take on, on, on that kind of, uh, taking a person, dropping them somewhere that they're not really used to. Yep. I agree. Same. All right. Alex, number two. My number two is speaking of supporting cast, Taggart and Billy. I love them. You can, you can, there's 
they don't get as much screen time here as they do in Beverly Hills Cop 2, of course, but you can still get a, a really good sense of their relationship, especially when they're cutting to Axel doing the stuff over at the at the uh, at the depot at the airport and them just being on stakeout and stuff. Uh, it's re it's really cool seeing that, you know, you immediately get uh, oh, Taggart is kind of like the, the older, you know, sage, almost father figure to Billy, who's maybe not a rookie because he's not, you know, a street cop. He's a detective, but maybe he just got promoted and he's teaching them ropes and he's kind of looking out for him like a son. Plus, they're they're a little back and forth in the car. speaking fantastic. <laughs> it's like, do you know, by the age of 50. <laughs> <laughs> man has seven pounds of red meat undigested red meat in their colon <laughs> now why on earth would i want to know that well i'm just saying you eat a lot of red meat <laughs> yeah it's 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 really too bad john ashton couldn't have been in the third movie i, I have no idea why he wasn't there um I mean, hector hector Elizondo is, is a great actor in his own right and is it's pretty game to basically fill that same role but yeah, it's too bad that the John Aston and Reinhold can team up that third time. Yeah, it's just, it's too bad they made Beverly Hills Cop three. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe I'm, yeah, I'm going a little too far with that. Yeah, yeah they really should have had George Lucas be Judge Reinhold's partner. It's <laughs> <laughs> always awesome that he's in that. that. Hey, hey, well, why'd you do that? Right. <laughs> so random. Like he's in that movie. Has he in anything else? He's like. Barely like a half a cameo in Star Wars movies, no Indiana Jones movies, but he has a cameo in Beverly Hills Cop Three. What the hell is he in? I don't even know if it's in I mean, THX. Maybe he was just like actually there with his family that day at Magic Mountain or whatever. I think it was Magic Mountain, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was Magic Mountain. Right. <laughs> I don't know. You gotta. Uh, maybe he just needed. Know. Maybe he needed like. Re up his SAG membership or whatever, so that was the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. I have no idea where we left off. We on <laughs> number two. All right, Alex, number two. I did. Taggart and Billy. Oh, okay. My number two, which I've mentioned a couple of times already, but I love the blend of this movie where it's a serious action movie with comedy, or it's a comedy with serious action. I love that. There's there's movies that. Don't do this very... I mean, sorry, there's very few movies that do this, and when they do it, they're really good. Like, I'll say Ghostbusters is a comedy, but with, like, it's a sci-fi movie, or... Um, I can't think of something else right now, because I've had a couple drinks, but... <laughs> <laughs> there are a few movies like this that I, I really... Like. Even, I'll say, for me, Spaceballs is a spoof, but it's enough of an original story that I consider its own little sci-fi movie. Like, um, if you just look at action comedy... Um, like a big trouble little China, uh, mm -hmm. Kung Fu Hustle, where there, there's awesome action and f or fantasy going on, but at the same time it's fucking hilarious. Yes, and so yeah. like this, if you took all the jokes out of it, it would it wouldn't be as good, but it would still be a decent action movie, right? Right, and it I just, would work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so I just I've always loved that about this movie where it's and I would put and and Eddie Murphy is the comedian, but he's good action. Like you know he when he has his scene, especially at the end. Or when he's just arming the guy in the in the bar, like he's an action star. Like if you wanted to go that route, but she did in a couple movies, I think later on a little bit. Um, yeah, he could do it. Pluto so, Nash. There you go, haunted mansion. Haunted mansion, yeah. <laughs> so that's my number two, Scott. What's your number two? Uh, number two is just Eddie Murphy here. Um, you know, this is number two. Th there's there's a string of uh, I think I was reading the trivia where. 
he had like seven movies in a row that were number one at the box office. Like he just instantly launched into yeah. stardom. Um, and you can see why here. Like again, it's just he's just a different kind of star uh, where he's he's bringing the humor, but he's still able to do some of the action. Um, you know, and just just that kind of natural charisma um, that again is 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 a welcome change of pace from from the mumbling <laughs> action stars of yore. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's just he's just really good here um, for like Jeff saying like that 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 blend. Um, you know, it was kind of tailor made for some for for someone like him. Yeah, he's. I have more to say about him a little bit later. Since we're on number two, I think that's coming up yeah. soon. Alex, which <laughs> <your> number one? <laughs> Axel Foley. <laughs> Eddie go. Murphy is Axel Foley. Yeah, oh my gosh, this is this is probably my favorite movie of his. Of course, just whenever he riffs, you could tell, and it's it's gold. He just goes off. It's like, how much would this go? Oh, I just sold this for a blah, blah. Get the fuck out of here. No, it's, it's serious. <laughs> he just plays it off. Just the way he plays off everybody, whether they're playing the straight man or like Surge, where they're playing somebody super wacky, but they can like uh, hold their own against Eddie Murphy and his ad libs are just fucking phenomenal. Who the fuck? Yeah. Hey, can I have a match? Uh, I'm not going to smoke here when I get outside. Yeah. <laughs> probably, you're the fucking problem. And his <laughs> laugh. Just always helps us. Continue. Yeah, I swear there's one time where he's with Jenny and he starts laughing and then she kind of mimics yeah, him. Yeah. I don't think that was. I don't know if that was supposed to happen. And then he starts laughing even harder with his laugh because she's doing it. And to me, that felt like that was ad libbed. I'm just want to tell you guys, the super cop story was working. Yeah, just gonna say everything's gonna be fine. You had to ruin a perfectly good life. Yeah. That whole scene was fantastic. Yeah, funny way to trivia for that scene, like because it was all ad libbed. Um, <laughs> that that you, you can see Reinhold and John Ashton like looking away um, is because they're like trying to concentrate on not laughing. I'm sure, yeah, but I think I think you actually catch Ronnie like you see Ronnie Cox kind of smirk. I think that was genuine. Like, <laughs> like I don't I don't think his character is necessarily <laughs> supposed to be amused by the story. <laughs> Yeah. I, I thought he might have been it's like I see you know that he, I think that's a turning point where he sees Axel as like a good guy yeah, a yeah good, I mean it could, it could, I mean it could go either way I, but yeah <laughs> so awesome <laughs> these two super cops all they need is the, the capes and everything and should be commended yeah what, what, is that what really happened <laughs> this is also like right before that scene is like and you believe that we're more likely to be a well-respected businessman than a foul-mouthed person from out of town. Foul mouth? Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, <laughs> like fish called Wanda. <laughs> you're you're the Bulgarian, you fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like oh, I said, man. I mentioned he's my number one as well. And just like his character turns, like turning the flowers to Vic. Oh, oh, flower delivery is my life. I just have to do this myself. And I'm going up there. <laughs> Uh, which you, Scott kind of tiptoed around it earlier by the, his <laughs> herpes surplex tin character with the, yeah. the whole thing with Victor Maitland. Just he, it's the way he turns it on. Like he'll be looking around and like, can I help you? And then he just goes, yes. He just, but he, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was hilarious whenever he changed his character. Mm -hmm. um, like his mannerisms just changed in an instant. That's yeah. awesome. 
when you guys are talking about when he was at the uh, airport and he's like, hey, do you have a search warrant for this? Set your Porsche outside. <laughs> they're going to come down here. Like, ah. No, sir. I don't know whose car that is. Well, then you got nothing to worry about then. Oh, like, <laughs> sir, that's not my Porsche. <laughs> oh, just hit him in this movie. Like I said, his laugh, his charisma, but his... It's like so the action scenes at the end when he's doing flips and jumps and shoots and kneel everything. Just I I loved Eddie Murphy in this movie. This might be my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. It is. It'd be tough. I love Trading Places too, but this would be right up there with it. So that's my number one as well. So Scott, what's your number one? Number one is the the Harold Faltermeyer (laughs) soundtrack. Uh, so the the score plus the soundtrack. Uh, this is an all timer. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we we've been doing the dun, 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 ever since we started the podcast. I'm sure it's been in our heads <laughs> since we sat down to watch the movie. Uh, it's it's one of the 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 like it's it's obviously not John Williams level, but it's as recognizable. Yeah. And silly. Uh, like they hit, the guy, the guy really hit on something with the the, the eighty synth, um, and yeah, I love it so much. Like <laughs> I was actually listening to the uh, uh, Kung Fury soundtrack last night, uh, and I couldn't help but but uh, think that just now as, as we're talking about uh, the the score of this movie. So that's my number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no the glow from Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, <laughs> but oh shit. <laughs> that's that's going on my list. I thought we already did that. Did we? I wouldn't say we did. Well, it's going on there for now anyways. We'll figure okay. it out later. <laughs> I mean, we could do it again. That's fine by me. I love I don't think we did it when we were had it. Well, we'll have to look it up. Anyway. Anyways. So that that was it for me. That was my number one. All right. Uh I had a couple honorable mentions. One is you guys already mentioned uh, cousin Balky. Um, just pretty hilarious. And then uh, the scene where he gets thrown out of the window and he's, you know, he's we already talked about that. But as he's getting thrown, in, he's put into the police car and he asked what the charge was and is disturbing the peace. He's like, disturbing the peace. <laughs> what's what's the charge? We thrown out of a moving car. Jaywalking. <laughs> oh, so good. So those are my two. Any from you guys? I think I already mentioned mine. All right. Mm hmm. All right, well, then let's rank it, uh, or rate it, I should say. Uh, as usual, we scale, we rate on a scale of one to seven, one being absolute garbage, seven being perfection. Alex, what would you rate this movie? Oh, man. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go seven. Seven. Wow. I know. Because this is uh, this is a genre defining movie for me, at least, because when I think oh, action comedy, Beverly Hills Cop, no question. Uh, recognizable soundtrack, uh, great jokes. It's it's very rare where I find uh, a comedy or a great or great jokes in a movie where I keep laughing at them or I, at least I keep smiling or they give me a chuckle consistently, no matter how many times I watch it. And that's this movie. All right. It's on the edge, but yeah, I think it's it's a seven. Yeah. Fair enough. I give it a six. Um, I won't say it's a perfect film, so I can't do that. But it is, like I said, one of my favorite comedies of of my youth. And also the fact that I wasn't supposed to watch it just makes it 
that much better for me. And like I said, Eddie Murphy, one of my favorite actors of all time, makes it an easy six for me. Scott. Um, this is a tough one for me. I, like I said, I, I liked how this, this felt like really original. Um, and it has so much going for it with Eddie Murphy and um, some of the supporting cast. Um, and, you know, just look at the, the, the overall uh, set of action movies. Um, you know, even on its own, this would still be up there, especially from the 80s. Um, so I'll, I'll also go ahead and give it a six. All right. So one of the highest ones we've done in a while. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. So it's time to do our crossover moment. I forgot what we're doing. How are we doing this show? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> What's our crossover our, topic, Alex? Our top five Eddie Murphy moments in films. So I specifically said films. I didn't do any of his stand-up comedy because well, even though I, those were in theater, I cheated. I, so there we that's go. fine. Uh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not gonna uh, disqualify you from the list again. But um, <laughs> again, yeah, it wasn't theater, so it's you know it's fringe. But I decided to leave off his comedy specials because uh, I don't know. Maybe we want to do that for uh, another podcast, and I might put that on my list tonight. Okay. Well, well then, what's your number? What's your number five? My number five is <laughs> again Beverly Hills Cop two, but Axel Foley like pretty much at the beginning, going uh, full ad lib on a scene where uh, he's undercover, and all of a sudden he's like, "Whoa, why'd you bring him here? Are you a cop? Is he a cop? Why are you bringing a cop here for?" He goes off in, in like classic Eddie Murphy fashion. And it's badass. And he, and he does the eye roll thing that he does in Trading Places also, where he's like, oh, I can't search him? Well, if he's not wearing wire, why can't I search him? If he's not wearing wire, why why, is it, why can't I search him? And he, it's just the whole thing is, is hysterical. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Yeah, it's small and it's at the beginning, but it's like trademark Murphy. All right. Um, my number five, and I'm not... Gonna lie, I haven't even seen all of this movie, but um, anytime there's farts involved, I'm gonna win. And it's Nutty Professor, the fart scene. <laughs> Hercules, Hercules. I mean, I guess the whole entire dinner scene should be should be on here. There's something else on my list, but uh, yeah, the fart scene from the Nutty Professor. That's my number five. I'm easy. Scott, uh, number five is from Raw. Um, <laughs> So I've only seen it in like film form, so uh, I, 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 I understand. But um, I was kind of going back and forth here with a couple of his bits. Um, there, there was the when he was talking about uh, his girlfriend going down to the Bahamas for the weekend, and the, the guy walks up <laughs> swinging his dick. That shit's hilarious. But uh, I think <laughs> I think I think really go with uh, his story about how Bill Cosby yelled at him. And then he, oh, we were we were just talking about that. And then and then he was all bummed about it. And then he talked to Richard Pryor, and Richard <laughs> Pryor like basically told him he's like, "Are people laughing at your jokes? Yeah, you making money? Yeah, so tell Bill to have a coke and a smile and shut the fuck up." <laughs> 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 oh, that's such a great story. <laughs> have a coke yep. and a smile. <laughs> uh, so that's my number five. Yeah, speaking Ra- of Raw, Raw and has, Raw has some fucking all-time bits and a couple cringy yeah. bits, but 
some of the things. Anyway, sorry, Alex. What? No, it, it, I just, when you said raw, I remember the outfit that he had, like that whole red leather suit. And I just remembered in Beverly Hills Cop when yes. he's walking down yes, I forgot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the street. Was gonna, he was laughing yeah, at yeah, it yeah. at the couple of guys that were wearing pretty much what he was wearing in raw. Yeah, that was funny. More delirious now, than raw, isn't it? I think delirious yeah. is the red one. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, okay. So was was that an in joke? The delirious come out first yeah. and then this movie? Delirious oh, okay. came out the year before. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like pretty much laughing at his own outfit. That's great. <laughs> Wait, so that was your number four? No. Okay, what's your number four? Oh, <laughs> that was just an aside. That's what I thought. Uh, but you stopped talking. My number four is, I've only seen this movie once, I think I'm going to rewatch it again, is 48 Hours with Nick Nolte. And for whatever, for reasons I can't remember, they have to sleep in Nick Nolte's car. <laughs> and he's like, hey, tell me a bedtime story. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Just that little, the little uh, interaction with both of them. Fantastic. Just howling with laughter the first time I saw it. <laughs> All right. Um, my number four comes from one of his SNL skits. And I think I mentioned this one before. It's the one where he puts on, basically goes like white face, puts on white makeup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. To see what it's oh, like man. to be a white person. And, and mm-hmm. it's one of the funniest SNL skits of all time. <laughs> the, the one time he goes to buy the newspaper and wants like the only other black guy in the place leaves and just take it <laughs> what are you doing, man? just take it oh god it's 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 pure genius so if you haven't seen it look up i don't know what we even look up but as eddie murphy white face or right? eddie murphy yeah, pretending that, to be white that whole sequence <laughs> silly negro jeebus <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're on the bus and then the other <laughs> yeah, black people leave it. and it turns into a big party and everything oh. god yeah. That's my number four, Scott. Uh, it's making make me think of uh, Mr. Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, <laughs> and he's yelling through the door. Anyway, uh, my number four is the Nutty Professor. The just specifically the Hercules, Hercules, <laughs> my little Hercules. Yeah, noise. All right, uh, Alex, number three. Uh, speaking of Eddie Murphy playing multiple characters, Coming to America, the barbershop. Yeah. Was, every time they went in there, it was freaking awesome. They're just arguing about uh, all the boxers and everything. And, and Cassius Clay is like, no, this is America. And I couldn't believe Eddie Murphy was the Jewish old man <laughs> yeah, in makeup. Yeah. That was awesome. fantastic work. Yeah. He's like, no, this is America. If he wants his name, his name to Muhammad Ali, then he should be called Muhammad Ali. <laughs> like, no, his mommy named Cassius. <laughs> it's all great. And then at the very end, specifically, the, the joke, yeah. the really shitty joke that he tells his Jewish man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, there's something wrong with my soup. It's like, well, is there something wrong with this? Just come taste my soup. There's something wrong with the soup. Just taste it. All right. Where's the spoon? Aha. <laughs> Nobody is like, oh, what do you know about making funny? Oh, it's freaking gold. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, well, my number three is, is just a very quick moment, but it's from Golden Child when he, he's trying to get the knife. Ah, I, damn it. I, I want the knife. 
That's my fucking, that's my number one. That's your number one? All right. Because I don't, somebody, you know, it's like Eddie Murphy, first quote you can think of, I want the knife. Oh, no, my number one's the first quote you think of. We'll see. Oh. All right, then all you guys talk about more, but that's mine. Golden Child <laughs> is my number three. So, Scott. Uh, my number three is uh, Trading Places, the the whole jail scene. Um it starts off with him just being kind of ridiculous, doing all the the karate stuff, and that that's kind of funny. But then, uh, like, he starts in with the like talking shit to the two big guys in the back of the cell, <laughs> and they 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 lift him up, and he he's like, "I'll fuck you up," even though he's like being pinned against the wall. And then, yeah. and then the cop comes up, and he's like, "You posted bail," and he goes, "I did." <laughs> <laughs> This is a very again like understated line at the end of uh like like him being so boisterous. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was good. All right. Alex number 2. My number 2 is and yeah, we we rarely do this but from the movie we just talked about Herpesimplex Herpesimplex 10. <laughs> oh my gosh, when he did that I was freaking dying. There's just the way that he just turns it on instantly and the whole description is like, well, why don't you give me the message and I'll deliver it to Mr. Maitland? Oh, OK, I'll give you the message. OK, <laughs> it's like, I went to the doctor and I found out that I had herpes simplex 10 and the way he's like playing with his ear and everything. It's like so he, some old boy that he could you should go check himself out and you can just oh the, the the actor, the extra, the featured extra. He's just you can feel the uncomfortableness on his face. It's so good. He's like, well, maybe you should deliver the message to him himself yourself. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's best. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good little moment. Agreed. All right. Oh, my number two, Alex already said, the barbershop from Coming to America, all that stuff. (laughs) Always one of you white boys come in here talking about Rocky Marciano. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Who's next? (laughs) Yeah. So that's my number two. Scott, what's your number two? The Golden Child. I, 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 I want the knife. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I forgot about that. Please. <laughs> egg Shin. I do, I do like later on when, he, when he's, uh, when he, he runs the scam on, uh, in the airport on uh, Charles Dance on uh, Tywin Lannister. Brother uh, Noomsie. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, him spinning the thing for the knife. It's, it's fucking gold. <laughs> yeah, not the moment. That movie starts out with him kind of being it's like an action movie and everything, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I've seen The Golden Child. Yeah, I should put that on my list, too. It's freaking cool. That that lanky guy that looks all weird. It's awesome. With the chain. Badass. Yeah. All right, Alex, what's your number one? I want the knife from The Golden Child. I say, I, 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 I want the knife. And everybody just looking at him <laughs> until he does it right. Yeah. And like I said, Egg Shen, he's the one that cheats him out of $100. Yeah. Look at this. Egg Shen and James Hong. Victor Wong James, and James Hong. Chivas has been so long. I don't even remember James Hong being in this movie. He's like the guy that owns the shop. If that makes any sense. With the Mugway? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, my number one, when I think of Eddie, uh, Eddie Murphy, I almost spoiled it. <laughs> Eddie Numsey. <laughs> no. Eddie Numsey. In uh, Trading Places, when they're in the train car at the end of the movie, where they're trying to pull the scam or whatever, and he just comes in, Merry New Year! <laughs> I I say it every New Year's and I will say it a million times and it's mm-hmm. Merry New Year and then just uh, that whole scene and then later on when Jamie Lee Curtis comes in I'm from Sweden <laughs> but you're wearing lederhosen because I'm from Sweden <laughs> anyway uh, but anyway Merry New Year is my number one and I say that more than probably that and the banana the tailpipe my two most Mm-hmm. No, it's probably from his specials. Knife in the tailpipe. <laughs> what you gonna do now? You let you go when you broke through the window. That's either raw or delirious. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or the the car. What is it? Oh, why can't I remember the alarm system on the car? What's that joke? Uh... Mm-hmm. Shit. I'll remember it later. <laughs> shit, man. Shit. Shit. Yeah, that's it. Stop pushing me, man. That's from Eddie Murphy. See, I just quoted without even knowing it when he talks about white guys getting in fights. Shit, man. Shit. Stop pushing me, man. <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Scott, number one. Uh, number one is... So this this isn't necessarily even funny because of Eddie Murphy, but first time I saw it as a kid, I've, I was fucking dying and it's burned into my memory. <laughs> it's from coming to America in the beginning when he's being attended to in the bath and uh, the woman <laughs> goes under yeah. and she comes up and says the royal penis is clean your highness <laughs> it's just that whole concept is so ridiculous um, and it's and he just takes it in stride uh, that's just, just his every day um, I, I don't know it just that's like the first thing I always think of <laughs> I don't think about Eddie Murphy movies for some reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then his dad, well, uh, fucking uh, James Earl Jones, he's like, "Do you have sex with the seven girls?" I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything? Else? Any honorable mentions? There's too many. I still haven't seen uh, Bowfinger. Have you guys seen that? Is that a good movie? Never seen. I haven't seen that or Norbit, but I I was not interested in Norbit. I mean, yeah. honestly, I'm looking at his like he, he started off great. Forty eight hours, Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop, Golden Child, Beverly Hills Cop Two, Coming to America, uh, Harlem Nights, another forty eight hours, Boomerang, Distinguished Gentleman, and then you know a few more, and then it's just like Disney. Disney got to him. Yeah, he did Dirty Professor, and then Metro. I remember that. I don't think I saw it though. Metro. Doctor, they, I think I was more of an action movie. Doctor Doolittle. I mean, I guess there's still more. Holy Man, Life, Bowfinger, Nerdy Professor Two, Shrek. I forgot he was in the Shrek. Movies. That's right. That, yeah. was, that was like the donkey. I don't say that revived his career, but that definitely like that helped. And, and then I, what, I can't remember if Mulan was first or Shrek. Was it? I think Mul- it was Shrek first, right? No, Mulan was first. Mulan, Mulan was '98, and Shrek okay. is 2001. Oh, okay. Dr. Doolittle, the PJs, remember that show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Showtime, and then it's The Adventures of Pluto Nash, I Spy, Ooh. Daddy Daycare, Haunted Mansion. I Spy, forgot about that one. 
That was a weird adaptation. But during this, during this crap, he's still doing the Shrek sequels and stuff. So, yeah, he's fine. Yeah. He, he can buy. <laughs> uh, what's his face can ruin as many couches as he wants. He can afford it. <laughs> I didn't ruin Eddie Murphy's couch. Rick yeah, James. I ruined Eddie Murphy's couch. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. A hell of a drug. <laughs> Fuck your couch. <laughs> All right, it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So, John Voight being pretty active in his retirement. Oh, yeah? Yeah, COVID can't keep the old man down. He just hit two homers for the Yankees. Wow. I mean... Yeah, taking him to the 10th straight win over the Red Sox. Who knew? He still has it in him. I bet bet his bite force hasn't diminished either. (laughs) Oh man, That's right. somebody should put Anaconda on their list. <laughs> just, right. just just so we can talk about John Voight and Oh, uh, somebody, you know it's gonna be me. <laughs> somebody should put Anaconda on their list. Anaconda don't want then. Alright, all right, it's time for DM News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay. Uh, uh start off with a review here. Anaconda. Um, I watched I, I I don't want to say finally, but I got around to watching uh, Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn, I think is the title or something like that. Oh, shit. I forgot that even came out. Uh, so it's on HBO right now, if you have HBO Max. Um, but uh, I don't know. Have, have you seen it, Jeff? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. I liked so, it. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it felt a little slapdash. Um, I I think I liked the pieces more than I liked the like how they were all put together. Sure. Um, but yeah, it had, it had some fun stuff in it. Um, Margot Robbie is is great. I wouldn't mind seeing her do do at least one more time uh, as as Harley Quinn. Um, I I always love Mary Elizabeth Winstead and anything. Uh, it, it was fun seeing Ewan McGregor chew scenery in this. Uh, you know this this is a, a weird kind of uh like there's a lot of these movies coming out uh i feel like over the last few years that are in this weird kind of place between pg-13 and r um so like this movie there it's an r-rated movie and and there's r-rated stuff going on but it never quite felt like it had that same bite to it um Hmm. Like like a Deadpool um, or Logan or Logan. Yeah, that just was on TV the other day, and I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot." Yeah, it's, fuck, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's so like obviously they're not going for grit with with this movie, um, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I, you know, I, w- I would mind seeing like a, a Birds of Prey spinoff, even if it didn't have Margot Robbie in it as, as uh, Harley Quinn. Birds of Prey uh, is a spinoff. Oh. Well, but, but they're the, doing a, a sequel to the first one that she was in. That's already been. Oh, Suicide Squad two. Yeah, yeah. they're doing a Suicide yeah. Squad two. Uh, She's in James. It. That oh, James Gunn though. The movie was awful. It is James Gunn. Yes, it's yeah. true. Maybe maybe a leap better. Maybe. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it, but we'll see. Yeah, so it, it was a little weird. Like it, I don't think I'm spoiling much to say, the Joker's really not in it. 
um, even though they, they, they allude to him at points and to mm-hmm. a little bit to Batman and Bruce Wayne. Um, Does she have her jackals? Yeah. Bat, uh, I mean, Bruce and Wayne. Well, it would, that wasn't their names, but there is a jackal. Okay. They couldn't afford well, it. The, uh, spoiler, the hyena, spoiler, I should say so they're hyenas, hyena, my hyena. bad. Yeah, sorry, hyena. Uh, and spoiler, in the comic spoilers, books, it is so spoiler, Bruce and Wayne. They, there is a hyena. They didn't have two because they couldn't afford uh, the CGI for a second one. <laughs> I'm not yeah, joking. Not. Um, so it's just Bruce. Yeah, it's just Bruce. Um, at, uh, yeah, it, it, it was fun. Um, so I think at, at a couple really fun scenes, like when she uh, goes to the police station, um, that that was yeah. that was pretty cool. Um, no, so, overall the, the action was decent. Uh, it was kind of all over the place, though, um, but still fun. Uh, so yeah, I, I, if they do another one of these, I'm I'm on board. All right, Scott on IMDb, it has announced the su- or sorry post production the Suicide Squad announced Untitled Joker slash Harley Quinn project announced Gotham City Sirens. So I know IMDb doesn't mean it's officially happened, but you might get at least three more movies with her in it. <laughs> Ooh, super interesting if uh, they they cast like. Like I, I don't, I don't think Jared Leto would even want to come back at this point. Better uh, not. Well, yeah, who's going to be that Joker at this point? Love that Joker. Uh, it's going to be cookie. what's her face from Twilight. <laughs> Kristen Stewart's going to be the Joker. Yeah, that's her. She's going to be the Joker. You know what? That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. See, if they like went went with a a woman, or they're just not even say, just like. That's just the actor is the Joker. Like, it doesn't it's like um, Doctor Who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't feel like I wasted my time watching it. <laughs> uh, well, it's always a bliss, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, then, and then something else I wanted to talk about. Uh, recently, I've, I've been kind of jumping around uh, late at night on Spotify. Just listening to different things, things I, I haven't really listened to before. Going back, our, our podcast? No, why would I do that? Oh. Um, going back to listen to some things that I haven't listened to in a very long time, and I don't know what made me think to do it, but I, I don't think I've listened to it in twenty years. But I went back to listen to West Side Connection, um, and it's fucking rad. <laughs> hmm. uh, it, it's, it's. Obviously, a bit crass. Um, there's, there's definitely um, some, some violent uh, and sexist and homophobic overtones to it. Um, but all that said, there, there's some fucking awesome things in it. I, I'd completely forgotten about some of these songs, um, and uh, to hear them again, uh, I, I did not remember that, that um, at least. So, Certain members of, of West Side Connection, NWA, had beef with Cypress Hill. <laughs> so there, there's a whole song about that. <laughs> That's pretty great. Um, there's another song where they make fun of TLC's Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls. Um, I forget the name of the song, uh, but they, they, they changed up the lyrics a bit 
<laughs> it's a great effect. Um, and then, then there's just some classic songs in there. Uh, Bow Down, um, Gangsters Make the World Go Round. Um, you know, this is it's just weird to me. Like, I, I, I wouldn't say I went through a phase, but there was a point like in high school where I, I did listen to a fair amount of gangster rap. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I haven't listened to anything like that more recent. So I don't even, I don't even know if there's really an analog for that like today. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. Um, I, 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 I just don't know <laughs> if, if, if people are still making albums like that, um, or yeah. quite like that anyways. Uh, I didn't know the huts could rap. Yeah, it's pretty good. It was, uh, yeah, so it was Ice, you know, West Side Connection, like the main, the, the core of it was Ice Cube, Mac 10, and Dub C. Uh, and then they had guest star, like at points, Dre was there um, on, on this album that I listened to. Um, but uh, anyway, I just thought, I, I just wanted to bring up that I that just went out of my wheelhouse and, uh, and listened to something that I hadn't listened to in years, so... Now, now's the time, people. You're stuck at home. Uh, you know, pull out Spotify or whatever else. You Apple, iTunes. Uh, like, listen to some music. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about, Alex. Uh, yes. Anything you wanted to go over? Uh, yeah, Umbrella Academy Two. Speaking about, don't be chasing the waterfalls. <laughs> Umbrella Academy Two is awesome. I'd say it's as strong as the first one. Uh, it's definitely it, it takes a slightly different shift. I like the way that the characters grew from the first season. Their, their changes were uh, they felt pretty natural. Uh, no, nothing felt out of place. Really, it's like, oh, why'd they have this character do this or that? And every, everything felt right. Uh, it takes a slightly more uh, comedic tone, but that doesn't hurt it at all. Um, it, it definitely gives it a very different feel from the first season but there's still like enough you know really good drama action uh really cool effects and ideas with with the uh, umbrella academy's uh, superpowers and whatnot so i recommend it yeah i'm, I'm two episodes in so s- slowly taking it in mm-hmm. uh, anything else Mm. Oh, still playing Link's Awakening on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> the game gets my vote for the most adorable game on Earth. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, they changed it up just enough so that it's still surprised to to go into a dungeon and not know what the heck is going on since I played the Game Boy version no. I, many I, moons ago. I'd still maintain that uh, Wind Waker is the most adorable Link. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I love Wind Waker. Still, my favorite I mean, Zelda game of I mean, all time. That, that that being said, I have not played the updated version of Link's Awakening. So, oh, you should. It's great. All the little sound effects and everything that he has. It's fucking phenomenal. All right, um, Jeff, you haven't you haven't uh, watched any Umbrella Academy, right? Nah, I haven't watched anything new in a forever, forever, <laughs> forever. All right. Uh, well, speaking of you. Uh, is there anything yeah. you wanted to go over? Not really. Um, <laughs> I really haven't been watching much. What I have been is sports lately because finally sports are back and I'm taking advantage. So I'm watching. Yeah, like John Voigt. <laughs> Not for John Voigt, but watching baseball um, and lots of hockey. Um, so basketball that's it. are going on. 
Yeah, I don't like basketball. But <laughs> I do, but I don't I don't get Laker Here games. Comes I don't know what games are on. Uh, but the one thing I want to this is I've seen it before, but Justice League was on TV the other day and it was between hockey games, so I put on Justice League. <sighs> oh, it's bad. But <laughs> I waited the whole time. I waited like an hour with commercials to get to the one scene that I like, and that's when they revive Superman. And I still like that scene. Especially I, when I just, I can't, the Flash is running around him and Superman keeps his eye on him. I can't I can't watch and because I'm always just looking at his lips. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't not. Like, I don't even know if that's like in that scene specifically, but like I – anyway. You know, well, speak, speak – good. I was going to say, so just this week, the last couple of weeks, we've discovered this Reef Face app or whatever the hell it's called, where you could take a GIF, put your face on it, and it just does it perfectly. Yet, two years ago when they made this movie, they couldn't replace Superman's lip property in a <laughs> yeah, Hollywood yeah. billion dollar movie. Like, it's what the, the heck? This deep fake stuff is getting kind of scary. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that was the other thing I want to mention. They Someone did a deep fake of Harrison Ford in the new Solo movie or whatever. So there's they took scenes... Where it's the actor, which I forgot his name now, and they just deep faked it with Harrison Ford, and it looks pretty good. I mean, it's still the same shitty storyline, so it's gonna suck. But it was the deep fake mm-hmm. stuff is, yeah. I, I don't. It's, it's just a matter of time now. Where it's just gonna be like Running Man. Yeah, and there's gonna be no new actors because you're just gonna, <laughs> everyone's gonna put. Man. Oh, we're putting Humphrey Bogart in this you know, movie. It's, it's it's funny that you say that, yeah. Jeff. I saw a, a gif the other day of Disney working on stunt robots. Yeah. Like, That's for the so, parks, though. But but you see what I'm saying, though. Yes. Yeah. You're thinking of uh, Running Man. No, I'm just saying like you just have a robot and just put a face over it. You wouldn't even need an actor at that point. <laughs> you just, I guess. You yeah, just but it. if you wanted to really punch a robot in the face, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Those Solves robot things, though, for the Disney. Have you seen it? Those are actually for the park, and that's for. Um, Marvel Land at Disneyland, whatever they're calling it, the MCU campus. And they're going to have like these shows where all of a sudden you're going to look and you're going to be see Iron Man or Spider-Man just flying through the air. And it's really these robots that are just launching with a catapult and they do a superhero pose in the air and then they land in a trampoline below or something. I don't know. It's pretty cool. <laughs> really? Yeah. That doesn't seem safe. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but it seems rad. Okay, I'm in. Hey, it's it's for our entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. That's the one thing I was. I follow some uh, uh, Disneyland uh, YouTube channels where they're always doing Disney news and stuff. And like they, well, when the parks were open, they'd go do like weekly visits. And this is like back when Star Wars Land was being built. And like every week they would take video and you know see what's changed and everything. And uh, and they were doing that for the Marvel Land before everything closed down. And I guess there were some. Aerial shots released like a week or two ago, and it went look like not much has changed. It's like they're not doing anything during this. I thought at least you get construction work done. This is the perfect time to get shit done, but yeah, because I know construction's still happening in this city, in this county, in this world. It's, they're not shutting that down in a lot of spots. I don't know why. I mean, I know Disney's not getting any income anymore, so I guess you have to. But you have to know it's going to fix. It's, it's going to eventually happen, right? And you're so it's your Disney. I know. I just thought that was weird. I thought this would be the time you do all the construction. It's well, like right now, Mulan fix- money comes rolling in. Mulan money. Yep. It's like right now they should be fixing all the freeways forever, so we don't have to like have that 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. shutdown they always do. Yeah. Do it now, perpetually. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. COVID is fixing that. <laughs> you would think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> and the Orange County uh, School Board is accelerating that plan. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> uh, just one more Disney thing. Uh, I, I don't know how quite how old the story is, um, but uh, I was listening to Bill Burr. Burr. Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Burr. <laughs> Burr. And uh, he, he was telling a story about, I guess he's like learning to fly helicopters. And I think this was all before what happened to Kobe. So I don't know if he's still doing that. But uh, he was saying that they were flying around somewhere in Southern California. He's like, yeah, I'd always heard that you can't fly over like certain places. So, but we were like by Disneyland and we asked if we could like put it like a flight path over it. And then the guy, whoever at the, the air traffic control was like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> so apparently it's not as much of a no-fly zone as, uh, as, as, as you might think. Yeah, there's actually another YouTube guy I follow. He just, I forgot the guy's name. He just flies, you give him requests and he goes or flies over things in Southern California. And he says you can't like circle it and you kind of, kind of avoid it. But if you have to go across it, you have to go across it. And they'll like, you know, you, you put yourself strategically in a certain position and say, okay, I'm going to go over here. And they give you flight clearance across. He said it was something like that. So you can go across it, but you can't like just hover over it and circle and stuff like that. That's too bad. <laughs> I can see why though. I, 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 I can see why though. Yes. Yeah, can you imagine being in the park and there's just like 12 helicopters just circling? That's when you launch your Spider-Man robots, Adam. Get them. Twit. Iron, Iron Man. Iron Man robots. They showed, the, well, they showed these <laughs> robots doing like, like somersaults in the air. That's not an Iron Man thing. So... No, yeah, there's no. I, I'm just look, saying. I'm just saying. Like, there's there's definitely one that could be Spider-Man. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, no, there's de- there definitely is because you could see like the ones that I've seen. These oh, okay. there's there's definitely Iron Man poses in the sky. Like his palms are down, his chest is out. He's doing Iron Man. But then there's other where like his knees are up and his, you know he's doing the Spider Spider-Man whip poses. So that's yeah, it's going to be for I'm sure a few other different characters. Probably a Black Panther one in there too or something. Okay, yeah. I can just see this. Though. This is going to be like. Grand Disney fashion, where it's gonna work once, and then it's gonna—they're all gonna fucking break, <laughs> and then like and they're gonna try, try to again, eat the people, and then like it's just gonna be this constant like string of of like, well, you, if you have about a twenty-five percent chance of actually seeing this if you show up at the park <laughs> any given day. I think it's gonna be more like it'll. I mean, there'll be some issues. I'll probably work it out, but it's more like. If there's any wind at all, they will shut it down, right? Like with fireworks. Right, 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 right. Yeah. It's a good thing it never gets windy around here. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's getting to that time of year. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now we're just rambling. So anything else? <laughs> rambling, nope, man. Nope, nope. There, was something, <laughs> right. there was something hilarious I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was. So. Sure it was. <laughs> it probably wasn't. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Go to pa- Go to Patreon. Yeah. Support us. And be excellent to each other. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you. So feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.
Hammer time.